Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the podcast, gang. Today we're going to talk about the different characteristics of currency pairs. Now, if you guys haven't done so already, please leave me a rating and a review. Five stars if you think I deserve it. That is the best way to support the podcast. We're trying our best to be ranked as the top trading podcast out there. We were close last year. The 2023 rankings are probably coming towards an end, so I'd love to make a final push at trying to get at least top five, if not not number one, by the end of this year. So do me a favor, leave me a rating and a review. If you haven't done so already, you can do that on whatever podcasting app you're listening on. Today's question came, um, well, came from two different people on two different platforms, but kind of work together. So I thought it was a good idea to make a podcast out of it. And it was a question that said, hey, Kill, I've been listening to some older episodes of the Trading Coach podcast, and I have an idea for a future episode. I was thinking, can you speak about your favorite pairs, uh, the ones you like to trade and why you like to trade them, but also explain the personalities of each pair and maybe mention which ones would be better for beginners or maybe which ones we should avoid um, or wait until we have more experience. And if you're new to kind of my opinion on this, right? I believe that different pairs, and I, and I, I guess you could say I believe it, it's, it's proven statistically and, and just through my experience in the market for trading since 2007, but I'm a believer that each pair is a little bit different. And my good friend and my business partner, Jason Greystone, always says this. He says, treat your currency pairs like your employees, meaning that if you are a business owner and you have a bunch of employees, right, a bunch of people that work for you, or maybe you're a coach and you have a bunch of people on your team, or even in in friendship, I guess, right, you have to understand that not everyone is the same. Meaning that in the friendship world, you can't approach everyone on the same the same way and expect the same result. In the coaching world, you can't give everyone the same workout and expect the same result. In the business world, you can't kind of critique, give instruction, whatever it may be, to all of your employees in the exact same way because they're not going to be motivated the same. And the same thing goes for trading, right? One of the biggest issues I had, or I guess misconceptions that I had when I first started trading was that... Well, one, I thought that I can find this one thing. It was this one magical thing, whether it was an indicator, whether it was a strategy. And once I found that one secret sauce, I can just plug and play and do it on every single um, asset out there. And I say asset because I first started in the stock market and then went to Forex later. And I, and I learned that experience you know, firsthand because I had very, uh, very good success in the stock market and took that same kind of plan to uh, the currency market and Uh, got beat up a bit for the first few years. But it was uh, one of those lessons that I learned kind of in real time while, you know, bleeding my account profusely. And and again, this is the reason I love doing these podcast episodes, because hopefully there's someone out there that was thinking the same thing. And they're like, oh, wait, maybe I shouldn't do that. And I can save you a little bit of time and money. The truth is, 
every pair is a little bit different. Each pair has its own personality. And, and that makes sense, right? We're dealing with different economies across the world. It, it would be ridiculous to think that, you know, the euro dollar has the same personality as um, the, the dollar Canada or the New Zealand yen, right? We're, we're dealing with different countries, different economies, different monetary policies, different circumstances, as well as a, a different group of traders, right? There's a different group of traders that will flock towards the euro dollar versus a group of traders that will flock towards the pound Swiss. So over time, and I'm not saying you have to understand these personalities right away, this is something that you 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 learn um, you know, with time in the market, right? But over time, you start to see that each pair has its own little tendency. And if you're good on reviewing, if you're good on journaling, if you're good on uh, keeping up to date with what's happening in the market, perhaps some of those little tendencies will allow you to take advantage of certain opportunities or stay away from other opportunities. So I wanna run down just um, kind of my personal portfolio because these are the pairs that I know the best and I, I watch on a consistent basis every single day for the last 16, 17 years, whenever I, I got into troll, I guess Forex was 2000, what was Forex, 2009, eight? So uh, however many years that is. But the pairs that are currently my portfolio are the Euro dollar, the pound dollar, the Euro yen, the pound yen, the dollar yen, the Aussie Canada, um, the or sorry, not the yeah, the Aussie Canada, um, the dollar Canada, the Aussie dollar, and New Zealand dollar, and I'll probably talk about the Euro pound in there as well because that's something that is, it's I don't trade it, but I, I know it pretty well, and I don't have a distinct personality for all of these pairs, but if I can give you kind of a, a little bit of insight about a few of them. Hopefully this can help a little bit. So let's start off with the Euro dollar. So the Euro dollar is by far the most popular pair out there, right? The US dollar is the most popular currency in the world. It is the quote unquote safe haven. The Euro dollar is the most popular and most heavily traded pair out there by far. Um, a lot of newer traders like flocking towards this pair because it has a very low spread because of how popular it is. But I would warn you this, um, and, and this is gonna, you know, when I, I'm gonna say that it's not the best moving pair out there, but keep in mind that best and movement all depends on what type of trader you are. You could have a very directional pair, and that could be great for directional traders. For trend traders, yet it'll be horrible for counter trend traders. So you gotta take it with a grain of salt. Everything is kind of based, would be based on you, your strategy, and what you're looking for in the market. But the euro dollar tends to do two things that I don't really like too much. Um, one, it, it consolidates quite a bit um, because there's a massive amount of volatility. There's a massive amount of interest. It, it's always on both sides of the market. It's not really that directional of a pair. It, it kind of goes into these funks. I remember there was a, a period, I, I forgot what year it was, maybe I want to say 2012 to 2014. It could be 14 to 16, but there was about a two-year period where the euro dollar just went sideways and did absolutely nothing. I remember dealing with a lot of trend continuation traders on the higher time frame, and they're going crazy because they haven't they haven't had a signal in like a year. And like Akil, what do you see? I said, well, we're still between we're still sandwiched between support and resistance. So, you know, you can look for a short term opportunity, but on your time frame, there's nothing much you can do. The euro dollar is also very heavily. Um, reactive to news. Again, with the, the dollar being the most popular pair, 
um, out there, the, the pair that kind of drives everything else in the currency market. You can imagine that when big news comes out, whether it's dollar rate related or not dollar related, we're going to see that pair move. When I say stuff like the U.S. dollar is the safe haven, it means that when the world is burning down and you need some place to safely hide your money, right? This is like a, a risk on approach, a risk off approach, right? You're going to put it into the dollar because at the end of the day, if everything is going to burn, the dollar is going to burn last. So it's the safest place to be. At on the other end of things, when you know risk is off and everyone's like, "Ooh, the world is great and everything's going well," right? You'll see people get out of dollars and, and flood into some of the, the the more riskier pairs. You'll see like Aussies and stuff like that. Um, so it does move pretty pretty good frequently off of news events, which isn't the greatest for beginner traders. Uh, the pound dollar was next one in my portfolio. I don't really have anything special to say about the pound dollar. It's it's kind of like a a mini euro dollar. There, there's no real specific uh, tendencies that I've noticed in the pound dollar. It's a solid pair. Don't get me wrong. It's another popular pair, um, but nothing that really needs to be spoken about. We'll go to dollar yen next. And dollar yen is interesting. We already, already spoke about the dollar being the, the safe haven pair. We already spoke about the dollar being highly reactive to news. Well, if we had to pick the number two spot for safe haven pairs, guess what? Do -do -do -do, drum roll, please it would be the yen. So the dollar yen is an interesting pair because, well, we talked about risk on and risk off, right? So if everything is burning and let's say specifically the dollar gets bad news. So the dollar is a safe haven pair. When everything else is burning, invest in the dollar. But what happens when the dollar is burning, right? Well, you don't want to invest in a burning pair, right? So what is the next one to go to? And that next one to go to is going to be the yen, right? So when you see the dollar in trouble, you see a flood to the yen. And this specifically impacts the dollar yen pair because the dollar yen is a battle between the dollar and the yen. So you'll see these sharp, vicious moves as people flood from one currency to another. What also makes the yen very interesting is that, well, Japan does weird stuff, right? As I record this right now, we're in a period where they may or may not have just intervened in the currency market just again, right? They say they haven't, the chart says otherwise, the orders say otherwise, they can't really say they have, but they've done it in the past. And what I mean by intervene is kind of, if their currency gets to a certain level, they will say, hey, we do not want it to pass this level. And then magically all these orders come into the market that push it down from that level. Again, there's, there's not intervention, it's just, you know, what it is, right? Um, so you get a little bit of that weirdness with the yen, which can make it a little bit risky to trade. On the other hand, the dollar yen is one of my favorite pairs because of that same reason. Japan is pretty um, honest about what they do, despite me just telling you that they're intervening but not intervening, right? They got to say that, right? Because you can't just come out and say, hey, we're manipulating this thing. But they're pretty honest about what they want to do, and they, and they do it beforehand. So they will tell you that, hey, if we get to 150, we are, or they'll say stuff like, we get the 150, we are not going to let it pass, or um, we do not want our currency to strengthen. So they're not saying that they're going to weaken their currency, but you kind of know what they're saying without saying it. And what that does is that opens up the door for those who can kind of do that hybrid type of trading we speak about, right? Hybrid type of trading is, you know, we're, we're technical based here at tier one trading, but we do understand that fundamentals play a role and we shoot for what's called home run trade every once in a while. And that's when the fundamentals align with the technicals and you have a chance to get a bigger than normal profit. And 
the dollar yen makes it very easy for that because if 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 the dollar yen is coming out and, and Japan's coming out and they're saying, hey, we are going to weaken our currency. We are going to weaken our currency. We are going to weaken our currency. We like this weak currency, right? That tells you something. And if the technicals align with it, what you typically see is, you know, you get these bigger than usual directional moves in the market. And that can uh, equal a lot of profit if you're doing it the right way. Now, again, you don't want to get greedy and, and that can cause all types of trouble. We saw that with the, what, Euro Swiss almost a decade ago where they said, hey, we're going to we're not going to let it drop below 120. And then one day they came out and said, ah, we don't care anymore. And they pulled the rug. And we, that's when we saw the big crashes and traders start to realize that, hey, this is a loan. I can go into negative and owe my broker money. And it, it changed a whole bunch of rules in the, in the, in the Forex, uh, the Forex market. Um, so you don't want to get too cute with it. But if you know what you're doing, you can take advantage of the dollar again. So if I had to put it, you know, favorite pairs versus non-favorite pairs, this would be one of my more favorite pairs because of that directional movement. Now, we'll go to Aussie dollar next. Aussie dollar, we spoke about this. Um, in general, the Aussie is a pretty slow pair. Aussie New Zealand, th these pairs are basically the same thing. You, you can kind of, you know, put them together in the same category, but Aussie is a pretty slow pair. Um, you, you do see some reaction based off what's happening in China. You do see some reaction based off what's happening in Japan, but Usually it's it's like most Forex pairs, and I probably should have said this in the beginning, most currency pairs are consolidative, right? In general, the, the Forex market consolidates about 70% of the time, trends 30% of the time. That's going to be different than what you see in the stock market where um, it's a little bit of the opposite or if you're trading indices or something like that where it's highly trending and highly directional. So Aussie is a small pair, not a really big range, meaning that, you know, um, if you're looking at pips or ticks for for profits, you know it's going to be on the smaller side of things. Um, and again, it, it does move based off of stuff like gold. It does move based off of um, kind of more commodity-based news as well. I put it more of a neutral pair. I like it. It's not great. It's kind of steady, Freddy. Nothing special helps my portfolio, so I, I keep it in there. Um, the next two that will kind of link together will be the euro yen and the pound yen. Uh, now these pairs aren't necessarily correlated. Um, different pairs kind of move the same during different periods in the market. So there there will be times where you see like the euro yen and the dollar yen or the euro yen, excuse me, and the pound yen doing the same thing just because it happens to be yen news and the market's reacting the same. But in general, although these pairs are, are thought of as being kind of similar, they, they are a little bit different. And the pound yen is a pair that we call the beast. I, I used to call it a graveyard, right? Me and my, my trading partner back in the day when we first started trading, um, we would call it the graveyard. And the reason we would call it the graveyard because during the day we would recklessly do what we were doing. We didn't know what we were doing in trading, right? So we'd recklessly place orders and stuff like that. And we'd go to bed all excited. We'd wake up and on the pound yen, it, it would move like 200 pips and we'd be buried. So we called it the graveyard because we consistently got buried there each and every night only to do the same thing the next night. Um, you know, high off the hopium that one way, that one day we'd catch, uh, catch that same type of move in the opposite direction. But the pound yen we called the beast and it's got a very large ATR compared to the other ones that are in my portfolio. And ATR is your average true range. That just means it, it, it moves a little bit bigger. The range that it moves is larger than um, all of the other pairs that I just mentioned. And it, it's, you know, think about like a bucking bronco, like a wild, crazy horse where if you're a beginner trader and you don't really know how to handle it, you're not really set with what you're doing, maybe you're a little hesitant, you still need practice, um, that horse is going to buck you off, right? You're going to go for a, a ride, get thrown off and, and, and maybe trampled. 
um, very quickly. On the other hand, if you know how to ride that Bronco, right, if you know what you're doing, you can ride that thing and get a very exciting ride out of it. So I don't want to call it a bad pair, but if we're kind of thinking about what pairs would be for beginners and what pairs would, would be for traders with more experience, I would put the pound yen in the category of one for traders with more experience because it, it moves really, really quick. It, it's again, it's, it doesn't do anything super different. It just moves quick and it moves very largely, um, which also opens up more risk depending on your risk management tactics. So I put that in the kind of the experienced trader group. Um, Euro yen, you can go ahead and put that in kind of the beginner trader group. There, there's not too much special about the Euro yen, aside from the fact that it really respects the 50% Fibonacci retracement. Probably should have mentioned that, that's important. But if you're a Fib user, watch those, uh, those halfway points on the Euro yen. Let's go to Dollar Canada next, the loonie. Dollar Canada is very similar to dollar yen. Um, this is another commodity driven pair, um, meaning like you can look for correlations with oil and gold and stuff like that, um, mainly oil. But it's another pair that is, it's funny because when I, when I first started trading and I'll tell you this, I didn't want to do this podcast initially. And I, I told the trader who asked the question that I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it because personalities change over time. So I don't want to record this and give someone the information where it's like, oh, this pair always does this. And then, you know, five years later in the future, it doesn't age well and the pair is completely different. So, you know, I, I think disclaimer, understand that the market is always changing, how things move on a regular basis, how specific pairs move, how, you know, overall markets move. It's always changing. And, and, you know, again, the only way to understand what the markets are currently doing is to make sure you're keeping up to date with your journaling and, and your, your time in the market. But Dollar Canada, very similar to Dollar Yen. Um, it started off as a very consolidative and slow moving pair. When I first started trading, I, I hated it. It didn't really work well with anything I was doing. Um, but over the years, it, it's gotten a lot more directional and the reason it's gotten more directional is because of their economic releases. Canada, very similar to, to uh, Japan, kind of doesn't play like the, the games of, of talking. So if you listen to like the ECB press conference or you listen to like FOMC statements, right? These guys come up there, these presidents speak, these chair people speak, and they say a, a bunch of PR stuff, public relations stuff. So they say a bunch of stuff. It sounds good, but then it doesn't really mean anything, right? They, they kind of filibuster and say all these big words, but they never actually give you an answer. It's like, is it hot or hot, is it hot or is it cold outside today? Well, I'll tell you what, it could be colder, but it can also be hotter. It's not quite warm, and but this, 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 and give them, and like, like you didn't answer the question, right? They do a lot of that stuff, right? And Canada is, uh, they're, they're kind of the opposite. The Bank of Canada, their governors has have basically been ahead of the curve with a lot of things where what I mean by that is they've come out and said, hey, this is what it is. This is what we're doing. We're not sugarcoating it. Here you go, market, take it. They've also been kind of ahead of the curve where everyone is like, ah, we want to hike rates or we want to cut rates, but we don't want to do it until they do it. Like, you know, we're wait till the dollar does it. Then, you know, the, 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 uh, the Bank of England will do it, right? Canada kind of comes out and be like, yeah, we're supposed to hike, but you know what? Nah, we're going to cut instead because the numbers said something different. Here you go. Have at it. And again, that is um, it could be devastating to traders who are on the wrong side of it, obviously. But if you're someone that knows what you're doing, and that's kind of the common theme here, um, it opens up the door for a lot of home run trades. You see, when it comes to fundamental releases, right, we always think about these big moves. But in 90% of the cases, the markets don't really move at all. And the reason for that is that the... Um, the, the anticipation of the event, I guess, 
is priced into the market well before it happens, right? So like we've got an interest rate hike in December, right? The market right now is already trying to figure out what that's gonna be and they're establishing their positions for that well before it actually happens, right? When you see massive moves in the market at the time of releases, that's when there's a deviation from the expectation. That's when everyone thinks one thing and then they come out and say another thing, when everyone's kind of wrong because then they have to scramble and reevaluate their position. And you see that a lot with Canada, where again, the, the, the Forex factory, whatever news calendar you're using, will say like, hey, interest rate hike. And then they'll come out and be like, nah, we're cutting. And now, now it's like, oh, oh, oh my gosh, blah, 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 blah. And if, if, you know, again, you can get caught up in that news for bad reasons, but if you're someone that knows how to, if you do your research, let's put it that way, if you do your research, and, and I'm, I've gotten really good at doing my research on Dollar Canada, you can kind of feel it in the air that something is not normal here and there is a chance. And again, if you can set yourself up to catch that move, boom, off the bat, those are those big home run types of trade. So, um, Dollar Canada has become a, a favorite pair for me as well because, again, it gives me a chance to take a normal trade where I may get a, a 1.5 or, or 2 to 1 risk reward. You know, this can be a big trade where I hit, you know, 10% on a single trade or something like that if I can catch the right move in the right situation. So, Dollar Canada has been good for that. Um, the last one we'll speak about, I think I hit all of them, um, is going to be oh, Aussie Canada um, consolidation. Aussie Canada and Euro Pound. I'm gonna I'm gonna put those in the same boat. I trade Aussie Canada, but I don't trade Euro Pound. Um, but they're in the same boat. Very slow, very methodical, very consolidative. Meaning they kind of bounce back and forth. They they take a very long time to do anything. They're like the sloths in that movie. Um, gosh, what's that animated movie where? Uh, I forgot who it was. I think Rihanna was in it. You know what I'm talking about the sloths are at the DMV and they're like you are next number one right um that is the euro pound um it's not a bad moving pair at all right the movement is actually pretty good i like it from a technical aspect um it kind of meshes well with how i trade it just is very small range and it moves very slowly um why i chose the aussie canada over that is because the aussie canada is very similar to the euro pound but the range is a little bit bigger and the opportunities are a little bit more frequent. So especially as a pattern trade, I'm talking about harmonic patterns, advanced patterns, bats, Gartley's butterflies, ciphers, stuff like that. Um, they work extremely well in periods of consolidation. So to have a pair that pretty much consolidates like 90% of the time, it just opens up more opportunities to find something that has very been very fruitful in my personal trading. So. That's my rundown of the markets. I was telling Ralph earlier, man, I'm not sure if I can get five minutes out of it. And I went ahead and got 20. Look what happens when I turn on the mic and I spew from the mouth. But I hope that helped. Um, keep shooting the questions my way. I never, I never would have thought of doing a podcast like this, guy. So um, whenever you have a question, you can shoot me an email. You can find me on social media. Shoot me a DM there. You know, Put it under a video. Leave it in the Spotify. It has a little Q&A section. You can leave it in there. I read all of that stuff. I'm here to kind of support what you guys want to learn about. So don't be shy about giving me your ideas. Hope that was helpful. And hey, uh, speaking of ideas, if you have an opinion on a certain pair, whether it's one I mentioned or whether it's one I didn't mention, you want to share it with our followers. Again, we're trying to grow a trading coach podcast community here where we help empower and motivate others and really help each other out in this 
tough, tough journey of becoming a consistently profitable trader, let me know and I will definitely share it. Again, you can leave it under the Q&A section here on Spotify. You can leave it under the YouTube video or shoot me a DM and I'll, I'll share it with my followers on social media. All right. Until next time, plan your trade, trade your plan. Thank you as always for joining and I'll see you guys next episode.